1: And back for our Origin 1 review and preview of Round 14 and our tips brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, do it with a true blue bookie. Download the app today or visit the website and Boxhead, uh, Disappointing. Speaking of blue, the New South Wales Blues going down game one at home, 16-10 to the Queensland Maroons.
2: Yes, angry I was
3: yesterday. Angry, 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 watching that game of football. But uh, yeah, cop it on the tune and move on. Queensland certainly the better side. That's what I would take away from it. Taking absolutely nothing away from from their performance because I thought they they did absolutely everything within their power to win that game and and they thoroughly deserved their
2: uh, their victory.
1: Yeah, and I think I echo your thoughts afterwards. Like Fitler and a few were. Hinting at the Ruck, well, you know, we talk about stuff all the time. The Ruck was there for you to lay in as well, and you didn't. Um, so rather than complain about it, do something about it or change the way you're playing your game. Queensland lost two players, had to adjust, had to burn two interchanges, still got on with that, readjusted yeah, their side. Actually, yeah,
3: the, 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 the conditions of the game actually
1: suited his up well. Yeah, exactly. Actually, they made two unplanned interchanges.
3: Slater actually burned through a few interchanges early anyway. And it was just like Freddie didn't have a radio. Does he not have a radio to radio down and say, hey, how about we hold down a little bit longer in the ruck? And you know what? How about we actually run with some push on play one, two, three instead of just getting bashed the whole game? Yeah, and And I think... You know, wondering why they're belting the fuck out of our kickers and, you know, we can't get a kick away or we're losing the yardage battle or we can't generate any momentum, right? He spoke about slow play the balls. Well... The Blues did nothing to generate fast play the ball. They they just ran one out. For the first three tackles of every set, apart from Tedesco, who I thought was absolutely magnificent, uh, their their first two or three plays after a kick were just one outs. What do you expect?
1: Yeah, and I think you can see the difference in the play the ball, particularly when Yo was on, because they'd get wider of the ruck and he was using Haas on an edge and Haas would actually get a bit of ruck speed or get to ground, but it certainly made a difference when he went off and... Um that that's been an interesting topic in itself, not a great start to the game when he copped the head knock first tackle. But I've seen little bits today, apparently that the team doctor didn't end up seeing any footage. He didn't see it at all, but the bunker had seen it and Travis Toomer, the trainer, was able to go out and do an odd field HAA and they passed him. And then I've seen Greg Alexander on three sixty just before saying that, you know, he was surprised and he thought he was concussed and, you know, but he was cleared by the doctor so they didn't substitute him. Um so that, I thought that was quite interesting, but he basically used that as another thing where they're saying, well, when he went off, it affected our attack dramatically. A bit in my head, I'm like, well, you left him on for almost 20-something minutes, and then you sat him for all that period of time. If he was good to go, well, I, I certainly wouldn't have been subbing him at all. My, my plan... i worried about concussion. They shouldn't put him back on. Exactly. So that's the other part of it as well. Um, but, yeah, it really is. clear. And this is the thing
3: with, you know, we've got a few... Um... We've had a few of these situations at Mounties this year where, you know, guys either or, like, we've had them both ways, guys that you think, far out, man, like, he's he's been hit and he's wobbly, and they go in and they pass. And then there's other guys that you think, oh, no, he, he's all right, like, that wasn't too bad, and they fail. Like, it's just... So, again, this is why it needs to be left to medical experts because I don't have a Scooby-Doo, I've got no idea. No. And... For me to formulate an opinion, I just I formulate my opinion just based on what I see and how the player comes out of it, how the player comes off. You know, because you're around these players nearly every day, so you get to know them, you get to know, you know how they are, their their general behaviour, and you can tell when someone's been significantly impacted by a head knock. And you know, I've I've seen it both ways. I've seen where, like I said, that some that used to go, "Man, there's no way he's going to pass it," they pass and other times where you think well you know he'll pass for sure and they
2: don't so it's a difficult one to navigate and I just think it's important that everyone follows process and they stay in their
1: lane yeah I don't disagree with any of that Um, and again it's one thing to say that affects the way you play well it's like well of course it affects the way you play he's the main link between those two players but same deal again in terms of your backup plan it's it's an excuse I don't want to hear an excuse no but this is the point um and I think, you know, like Paulo on the scrum, i had a look at it today. Obviously, live at the ground. Like, I honestly don't think he fought as hard as what he probably should have. Like, is there an arm on him? Yeah, Are they bind it in. Yeah, did I think I've, he had a bit of a grab on him? Yeah, but I didn't think it was as blatant or as bad um, as probably what it seemed. The Paulo one. Yeah. Should have been no try. It doesn't matter how how
3: blatant it is. It's a it's an illegal play, and the space should have been filled. The space that Cherry Evans went through should have been filled by that breaking scrum. It's an illegal play. I, I can't believe that they disallowed Paulo's try and then they didn't disallow that one. Mm. Because the impact that the hold had on Paulo, I would argue was more than the impact that Paulo had on the Queensland defence when they disallowed New South Wales to try under the post. But that's, that's my opinion. I, and I, Again, I don't, I don't think it, it didn't cost us the game. No, But it Yeah, I I just think, like, you've seen someone deliberately hold, deliberately break the rules of the game, you've watched it three or four times on replay, and there was nothing done about it, like, did did the bunker even mention it, did anyone even notice it, did New South Wales, like, because I haven't watched the replay, and I haven't, I've deliberately not listened to anything today, not that I've had time, but... Yeah, like, so I haven't, I haven't really heard what the fallout of it's been, but I'm just live, oh, you heard me. I was like, I can't believe they're not looking at that. They're not even checking that. Like, and I, I know James Seska went up to the ref, but we
1: couldn't hear what he was saying because we were at the ground. So, Yeah, the players... I would imagine he was sort of saying, like, well, how isn't, that,
2: you know, how isn't that being looked at or how, how isn't that a no-try? Again, then you sort
3: of go, well... Because once we start to say, well, oh, it wasn't that hard of hold... Okay. Well, nor was the impact, nor was the contact that hard on, you know, the inside shoulder or on anyone in the line when Paulo scored. And this is the thing when we started talking about impact as well. And I, I said this year at the start of the year they're going to start to move to impact. And when you move to impact, you go to a grey area. It's either illegal or it's not. If it's illegal, penalise it. If it's not, let it go. It was illegal, so penalise it. That's where I see it.
1: Yeah, to your point, I sort of had a, a rush to watch of it this afternoon after I got home from work. Um, so I didn't watch the full 80 in depth. I sort of fast-forwarded like two times speed and got through the majority of it. Um, and then same deal. Didn't listen to anything or anything until after, just before Brandy again was saying live with that. Obviously, James, Paul, and a lot of them were on to the referee, and they had someone in the box who was listening to the referee's mic. They're claiming that through the ref's set-up or the talk between the refs, that they've said that Tarek Sims broke early and was offside, so that negated what happened in the scrum. And I'm like, well, that two wrongs don't make a right if that is true. How does that work? Like, that's basically just going, oh, well, he did that, so that's okay then. It's like, well, no, not really. Just That should have been a penalty. Just go back and to the look, original. I, like also, I'm going to say this once. The fact, again, the fact that Ashley Klein got that game is... It's a complete joke. Like,
3: for anyone that thinks he's the best referee in the game, they're kidding themselves. It was just... It's Russian roulette. Like he, he put his whistle away, and then in the last sort of twenty to thirty minutes, he wants to blow his whistle. I, yeah, man, so frustrating to watch. And just I'm talking just the game as a spectacle. Right? The, the 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 ten meters were short. The players were laying all over the rock. Like all this crap about there was the fastest Origin game ever. I don't know what Origin game they were watching last night because I, I certainly didn't think it was. Fast and free throwing. I thought it was quite a stop start and quite dour and messy in the middle because the, again the rock was just allowed to be messy, which is cool. But understand the impact that has, and then on a wet deck, he had yeah it was it was lucky to be ten metres. So and Queensland and both sides were offside for the majority of the game. They were leaving early and you know they were pushing the pushing the ten metres the envelope there. So and just knowing that he wasn't going to blow a penalty so. I just think it, it dowered the, uh, the spectacle and I think actually a dowered spectacle for once actually suited Queensland it didn't really suit New South Wales I think actually we've probably got you know, we probably wanted a bit of a dry deck last night to play a bit of footy but uh, Queensland certainly handled the conditions better they certainly adapted to the interpretations and the refereeing a lot better than what New South Wales did and they, again they thoroughly deserved their victory I just I'll, I'll Seriously, bang my head
1: through a jibrock wall if he gets game two. Honestly. Yeah, well, I know there was a lot again this afternoon. People calling that Grant Atkins is a better option or should have been the referee instead of Ashley Klein um, yeah, well, or Jared Sutton. Yeah. But no, really? yeah. I, I still don't see similar to you how Klein gets those games. If I don't know how they rank them, but uh, he certainly wouldn't be in grand finals origins. No. No, but uh, in the end, for New South Wales, a couple of changes. Uh, we, they talked all week about the Crichton-White thing. That didn't end up happening. Uh, the two changes that were made I didn't have a big problem with. I thought Martin was probably a better option to start. And Campbell Gillard, he's more of a play one type of carry anyway, not so much a bench impact, so I didn't have a problem with that. Um, Queensland, 1-17. to The only change they made was their 18th man ended up being Jai Arrow uh, instead of Tommy Dean, which in the end had no impact on the game because they didn't have to activate him, but um, first half, I guess, looking at the game and how things started, it was very much a cycle game. It was set for set, Uh, and I think clearly in that, after things started to get going, they handled it better. They were better out of yardage. They moved the point of attack a bit better than we did. Their set ends were better. Like our, Our kick pressure, which has been great the last few years on Cherry Evans, was awful. He pretty much kicked in a dinner suit. No one touched him. They were putting us in worse positions. Um, like you said, they drowned us in the ruck when we ran one out. They were just getting three in peeling, and we just kept deciding to go solo carries into it. Bar the few times that Yo carried the ball a bit wider than the ruck and was laying half a bit wider and getting some ruck momentum. And you know we were putting Nathan in bad spots. Nathan was kicking off sidelines, kicking off slow play the balls. It was pretty much telegraph where he was going to be. Um, and when you rushed and kicking off the back foot and struggling it's, it's always going to be a long night and then slowly but surely they ate us up in the territory they started to get better field position they didn't really take advantage um, of some of the early opportunities they looked much cleaner on the left hand side of the field going after stags and pulled them out of shape a few times with Munster and Ponga but the right side Cherry Evans obviously misfired a few times um, but yeah what, what were your overall thoughts the first half? Yeah pretty similar I thought New South Wales dominated the first half, well, not dominated, but they I think, thought they were the better team in the first half. They should have had more to show on the scoreboard. I felt uncomfortable at half-time just knowing that Queensland
3: led, and I felt, I felt like we were the better side. So, and I, I just felt like Queensland were going to get better in those conditions, and they were just, for me, just through the eye test, I thought they were just handling the conditions a lot better. Like you said, their kicking game was far better. They were far more organised on play four five. The, the amount of times that we kicked off a sideline, the amount of times that we just didn't have a plan out of yardage, like our plan was just bang three in, then we'll shift onto a sideline, then we'll kick it. It was just, it was mind-boggling. The lack of for uh, the lack of creativity and really the lack of respect for Queensland, Queensland's defence. So I just felt like we, were, we just felt as though we'd just roll up the field and you know, it was all going to be easy and Nathan is just kicking in the corners and, you know, happy days, the way we go. And it, it just, it never... I, I, I struggle to remember one kick where I really felt like, geez, that was a good kick and we've really got them under pressure. Where I thought, DCE, on the other hand, just constantly
2: put it in a corner and I, I cannot sing the praises of James Tedesco
3: enough. Like, I, I thought that was one of the best origin games he's ever played, in my opinion. How many times he caught the ball and beat the first defender and made ten or fifteen metres to get our set going forward was just incredible. Mm. I've never seen a fullback performance um, like it in such tough circumstances. It was it was Billy Slater like some of the stuff that Billy Slater used to do for Queensland. Yeah. Um, so I actually felt as though he actually wiped away a little bit of that advantage from Queensland with their set ends, but we never we never took advantage of it. Like he, he'd almost make half a line break, get down up, and then we'd just go pass to a middle or pass to another OB who'd just go one out and they get three in, like you said, and they'd peel off one, two, three, which is illegal, but it was allowed last night, uh, and they'd lay there for way longer than that what they were supposed to be there, and we just then run another one into them and then run another one into them and then, you know, run that shape with Yo and having a half sweeping at the back, and we'd hit either a back row or a middle sort of on their you know, their their half, their centre, their back row are in, in that sort of area and then we kick. Mm. And the fact that we didn't have a we didn't split the field at all on play five meant that both markers were able to put extreme pressure on Nathan Cleary. I thought a lot of the passes from Cook on play five were you know, they weren't always on the money, which made
2: it hard for him to catch and kick. And we we didn't really have any blockers or any sort of plan to
3: Help Nathan on play five. I know a lot of people. We heard a lot of people around us saying, "You know,
1: oh, Nathan Cleary's game's been shit." It's like, well, just understand why. Yeah. It's
2: not like he's gone out there and going, you know what? I'm just
3: going to keep the ball shit tonight. Like, there's reasons for that. And we again, we didn't adapt. We didn't adjust. There was no, you know, change of plan or. No message to sort of go. Okay, how about we get on, get into the middle of the field, and well, how about Jerome Luai actually takes a
2: couple of kicks mm, and that's... take the pressure
3: off him, or how about we
2: run it on play five? Yeah, Luai had a and couple.
1: Again, of it's very
3: them. difficult to run it on play five when you land on a sideline, but it was just yeah, it was so frustrating to watch. And again, they they caught and they came forward, and they they just won that field position battle. I said it to you early on. Like I just felt like. They, they were they were winning the field position battle. They were applying more pressure. And it was frustrating because of, you know, how good Teddy's returns were.
1: Yeah, well, and the other thing as well about yeah. him, he had some double-up efforts were outstanding. Not only was he getting that first carry. Well, he t- he's
3: taking the first one and then taking the play before a kick or, or, off
1: uh, a lot of the time. Well, he was going play one, kick reception, carry, and then someone else would go, uh, Sorry, would go play two. Then he's on play three and he's through again. Like... Um, He was extremely busy. They didn't really get to utilize him in any sort of shift plays. And again, I know there was probably a disconnect once Yo went off, but they really struggled to get some cohesion there. Anytime they seen the shift the ball, there was a misfire or poor timing and things just didn't really work out. But to the point you made before, there's been mixed thoughts from a lot of people on Cook. Some people thought he played well. Some think he played okay. They talk about his tackler numbers, 54 for no misses. But I look at one of the things you just said, which was glaringly different between their two nines and our nine, In those sort of conditions, you have to work the markers. You have to manipulate the ruck. You have to create something for your middles. And I think he does almost absolutely nothing bar the few times he gets to jump and run. And then you looked at Ben Hunt, the way he started off. He didn't kick as much as I thought. He came up with a real critical kick in the second half that buried us after we had them pinned for about 10 minutes. Then he just drilled one into the in goal and got us trapped inside the 10. But he at least works Markers over. Then you got Harry Grant who came on and he just completely opened things up for their halves and for Ponga and their middles. Like he just pulled our markers apart. He kept them accountable. There's multiple times there where both markers are backpedalling or got caught. Um, A's and B's holding up. Like he just gave so much when he came onto the field along with Carrigan and Collins who certainly raised the raised the bar for their forward pack and their go forward. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I. I I can't remember who it was. I heard something today that it was two Penrith. I'm like, well, not really, because the effect of the Yo situation, and I don't know if they were going to go the eighty with him. If you're going to go all in on that side of things, and you want that to be the case, well, you would have done what we said originally, which would involve Yo's definitely playing eighty, and you and you bring Corryell in, and you know that Coruscant can at least manipulate and work things over a little bit. You know, he's not going to run as much as Cook. He'll run when there's an opportunity to. But I feel like there's a sort of a disconnect between what we want to do and then when you took Yo out last night and then you've got Cook and the two halves where he's sort of just a jump and go. If there's a quick play the ball he surges forward he'll take the metres Tedesco pushes off him but it feels like there's a disconnect between the spine almost and what we want to do. Yeah. I think a lot of that was you should, you're just trying to do things that you're not earning the right to do. Mm, well we certainly shifted plenty of times off slow play the balls when we shouldn't have. Yeah. So well,
3: there's a reason that's not working. Mm. So have a look at the study set when you should be generating momentum and we're not, and look at the reasons why and adjust. But they didn't.
1: No. Nah. And probably one of the only times we sort of got it right, uh, thought it was more a mistake from Queensland, but good shape that first half. Obviously, the two long passes to the short pass that got to Jack White and Gagai sort of had come in field from the lead line. Uh, I think it was Cherry Evans maybe as well that Sims had run and, Cobo sort of had his feet turned in when it was flat, and Jack White backed himself, which was no surprise. But the tupo Tedesco thing, some people are saying that wasn't forward. Like I, I think that was forward. Like I don't hear a complaint about that one. The Paulo one's a different story, but overall, yeah, a, a, attack as a whole was very disconnected, very wasteful. Just it, it was frustrating actually watching it. Like I said when I got home, because a lot of people thought Yo didn't play that well watching the game again, considering what he copped. He's two stints when he's on. You can certainly tell the difference between how he, the middle plays and how we roll downfield. Like when he gets the ball off Cook, he's not running tight. He's not running one out like those first year OB carries were having. He's starting two or three wide, skipping across defenders, laying harsh and dropping guys under. He's at least changing the point of attack. We looked a lot better when he was upright and hand on the football. <laughs> but the other mm. thing that sort of confused yeah, me I, mean,
3: was, I wouldn't have taken him off the field like if you've cleared him and he's good to go then
2: he's playing 80 for me
1: well that's why I was wondering when he sort of brought that up on 360 tonight, brandy I was like well to say that like you said if you, if you were that worried or it was that bad just let him go and then you've put him back on so clearly you weren't too worried yeah so he's either good or he's not good that's no. right otherwise I, I play through with him I have to have him play through and Cook's job would have been simple like if you're a man down and you can run run other than that like we're playing basically off your yeah,
2: that's
1: right. Instead, like you said, it was Tedesco or one of the OBs. Then Tupou and Toto busted their asses along with Jack trying to punch us forward, but it was too often the same thing. Like you said, three plays for one shift play to get caught on an edge on play five and make it predictable for the kick and pressure clearly. Like, if you're not breaking that pattern, what do you expect? And the thing also about those shifts, and we said it there, the few times we did just surge and kick in the front door and roll down the middle, we were just we were doing a really good job of it, and then we just went away from it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we had a bit of a positive start and didn't quite go on with it. Probably should have banked a little bit more in the first half, but Queensland, you've got to give credit where credit's due as well. Um, they covered up some good stuff. They probably should have banked some more with their opportunities. They didn't really capitalize there, like we said. Cherry Evans, I think, threw a cutout pass we were talking about. I watched it on the replay. It was definitely meant for Cobbo. It wasn't meant for Gagai. That ball was going through. That probably turns into a four-pointer. I think Holmes juggled one when they went out the left-hand side. They really wanted to go after Stags. They pulled him out of shape a few times. I heard people bagging at Daniel Tupo. Like, I don't know what more you could want from Daniel Tupo. Daniel Tupo had a shitload of tough carries, constantly put his hand up, knocked down two that were certain tries when he was stripped two three-on-ones, and then people were blaming him for the one that happened on the short side where I think it was Crichton... And Martin in the second half Both got held up by Harry Grant Pong is smart enough to identify that Haas is caught on the short side And he does the right thing You either have to follow Cleary And land on a man or try and get the pass He's tried to land on a man and he picked the wrong one But that never should have happened Those markers In a three on three man on situation Both markers should not have gone to Harry Grant So To blame Daniel Tupou for that And then someone say he made two errors The two errors were the knockdowns to save tries They're not actual drops so between him and Brian, I don't think they could have done any more than what they did. Yeah. Um, Jack was obviously outstanding. I thought. We well, just
3: need to, yeah, need to do a better job defending that.
1: Yeah, and it was, wasn't the only time because they got caught out twice on re- on replay. Like,
3: well, have we not, not addressed that at training? Or we, do we not have a plan for that?
1: No, well, Crichton and Martin got caught out a second time. When we had them pinned second half in the last 15 or so and we kept getting good field position, attacking, and we've got the Cook throws that shit pass that Munster cleans up, and then you've got Cam Murray throwing at play one after we've dodged a bullet from Felice. We've given her away twice. We've had them pinned there for about 10 minutes. We've got them on the ropes. Ben Hunt jumps out of dummy half, and it's Liam Martin and Crichton again. Liam Martin's folded back and is backpedaling. Crichton's run up past the ball to jam a short side where their man on, and it's just let Hunt go straight through. So I'm like, That's two times the same two blokes of you know, come up with an error. Yeah, not good or just small things. And I, I feel bad for Crichton because you get put on the bench. They had him there for that reason, I understand. But it's hard to be an outside back coming into a game with 20-something minutes to go. It, you know, I think the, the lifting tackle call was a bit harsh. Like in the current day, they basically get you for anything. But I didn't think it was a penalty. But you got pulled a couple of times there. Um, then obviously the two times with the marker situation, it's, Probably not the happiest of nights, but if you're going to pick Crichton, it's not like Jack where he's covering all those positions or you can throw him in the middle or you know you're going to use him. If, if you're going to have a utility, I want to know that he's going to get on the field. So I'm, I'm sort of looking at that after last night going, well, straightforward, if you think he's one of your best centres for the next game, if Stag is out, you just pick him. Like, there's no ifs, ends, or buts about it. You can't carry someone again. For that reason, because if not, you have to make a selection on like similar deal. It's someone that's going to get onto the field, or they have a purpose. It's not purely you are here for this situation, which, again, it did pan out, but I don't think it's ideal, especially for a debutante, to be coming on to play in the yeah, outside I back. i sure it did pan out. I think they just pulled the trigger on it.
3: And... Stars could have easily finished
1: the game, I think. Mean. Well, he's in a sling today, so I don't know how bad it is, but... Um, yeah,
3: I it was a shoulder call, didn't they?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. But we spoke about Queensland um, and their situation. I thought their yardage game, like you said, better. They moved the point of attack. They weren't just one out simply off the ruck all the time. I think they were a lot better with their setups. They ran a lot of short sides. You could definitely see Billy's fingerprints all over how they wanted to play. The amount of times you see Ponga jumping late to short sides and threatening and Coming back to the open and linking like that, they had some stuff, obviously, that built as the game went on. But, um, yeah, kicking game, obviously, a lot better. We talked about they were going to have more kicking threats. Hunt didn't kick as much as I thought, but Munster come up with a couple of good kicks. Cherry Evans was pretty good with his kicks. Um, Their forward pack started well. Like the Papali thing, I guess, he probably had two stints planned until he had to burn out those two changes. Their adjustments, like Cotter, Going to play eighty when that wasn't planned and covering on the edge. Carrigan's sixty-five minutes stint in the middle, like he was him and Collins, like fuck. Collins doesn't play like that for the Roosters this year. He was outstanding. Yeah, um, good. Pat Carrigan was immense, and those guys off the back of Harry, like I said again, live. I probably didn't appreciate it watching the replay again. Harry is a huge reason why Munster and those guys got to do what they did. He just constantly threatened, constantly pulled the ruck apart, or made everyone accountable, and just freed up those edges and. Yeah. That, that monster one Was Pretty poor To watch He cut back across Five players And then three or four people Missed him when he went Straight through
3: Yeah they all Watched their so legs It was just lazy so. mm. defence.
1: And, and Junior Paul Like when you come Onto the field After the start We had with Haas After Yo recovered And RCG Punched a few holes Into him Like your job Off the bench Is to make an impact He come on Threw two balls On the ground Dropped one Got left on the deck A few times And then after the scrum Thing they hooked it So, like, his impact in that role is not to come on and be a ball player. You should be coming on and kicking in the front door like Haas and Campbell-Gillard did. Yep. And Tarek Sim, same deal on review. Like, take the scrum result out of the equation. First play of the game, Cherry Evans threw a dummy. He almost turned out for him. The one where they're blaming Campbell-Gillard, saying he let him straight through the middle. It's not Campbell-Gillard. It's Tarek's inside shoulder. Seventh minute, he went straight through. And then the scrum, the result in the end wasn't the correct result, but he got him a third time. So that's three times the same player. There's clearly spotted something on video. Because he, he literally got him three times on his inside shoulder. Once he got him, but two other times led to a try, and the other one he went straight through. And again, people that don't understand inside shoulder defense go, oh, it was a lazy middle. It's like, well, no. He's gone outside that defender, it's his inside to cover. He hasn't done it. Campbell Gillard's tried to turn and chase, but there's not many middles that turn and chase that one well and a half-back gets outside him. strong right. So there was, there was a lot of moments. There was a lot of moments. But, um, yeah, I think people are talking about changes. I think the only two that, again, worried me sort of coming into the game probably are still there coming out of the game, which is probably Sims and Cook.
3: What have we spoken about – are we speaking about – we're done speaking about the game –
1: no, we keep talking about the
3: game, but um, the game, I just want to talk about the last set. Well, the last set of six,
1: we go the three we, one out. We, we kick it down, and, and we go two hit ups.
3: A halfback gets tackled, and then we go to Yo, who goes to his left and then bounces back through the middle of the field, and then game over. Look, like that's that's as good as what New South Wales have come up with in the most important set of the match. Like it just tells you everything about. You know the the organisation of the team
1: last night. I'm not sure who that falls back on. not coaching, halfback, hookup, combination of all. I don't, You know, like well, just it
3: was mind-boggling
1: to watch. It also took us a penalty to get that opportunity to have that set, and we still had yeah. three one-outs to start with. Yeah. So that's the scarier part. Yeah, li- okay, so,
3: so, so
1: to me. Oh well, that was tight Okay. Queensland so, were fucking tight so too. <laughs> And they still had a substitute left in there. No, actually, sorry. They used such all... That ice. New South Wales, such a New South Wales mentality. Yeah, it was... Well,
3: we're tied. Okay, well,
1: that's why you lose. Well, yeah, again, just it's always the little moments. And it, it sort of felt like the old sort of New South Wales style of thing where all the little moments were Queensland. So Munster comes up with two one-on-one steals. He gets Critter... Um, He got somebody else who ran at him up in their own end, and people were calling for a knock-on. I slow mo it. It looked like he pulled at the arm, and it was fine. Um, That one, I don't think, eventuated in a try, but it was a huge play. Cook throws one on the ground. Munster cleans that one up. You got Holmes making some critical tackles at the end. He covered up a couple of kicks. Like, all those small moments, again, just all seem to be Queensland plays. Yeah.
3: We had a multitude of chances in that last 20.
1: Um, Yeah, it was pretty... Pretty disappointing, but... Right, yeah. changes? Can you make any? I would. And it's it's not even a loyalty thing. The, the The biggest one for me, if it was available, but again, they reckon he's not going to play a game before, would be Luttrell. The fact that Luttrell's now come back, had COVID and won't get to play a game beforehand, I there's no way I could pick someone who's not played a game of f- football in probably 10, 12 weeks or whatever it's going to be by then. I'd probably pick him. But... At the same time, I, I kind of get where you're coming from because I'm sitting there going, well, if Staggs is missing and you look at the X factor that he's sort of... like this, You watched some of those games last year. that Their team was poorer, yes, but some of those moments for him are just... They're individual. It's got nothing to do with what's happening inside of him. It's yeah. just him throwing blokes on the ground or just making things happen. Um, and we, we talked about that sort of in the preview. It wasn't going to be the biggest deciding factor, but it was certainly going to place more pressure on the spine and the halves to do something because taking him and Tom out took away just two individual weapons or two people that could make something happen when the game was just in flux. Yes. And you certainly saw that uh, on in the game and scoreboard pressure hitters. But I, for me, Sims can't be picked again. Uh, people I, wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have picked him for starters. Neither would have hmm. I. And the one that I wanted to pick, a lot of people are probably iffy on, but I, I would have gone with one of the younger breeds if you weren't going to pick... Somebody like an Angus Crichton And that would have been Kyle Matungi to play on the left
3: uh, I'd just, just pick Angus Crichton
1: And that's the thing I, th- There was also talk I think today They were saying About Madison or someone else Maybe losing their jersey I'm like Well if you've debuted him Game game one I don't know how He could make that call cool. no, If you've debuted him like You don't quit on him After one game no. And I don't think he was great, but he certainly wasn't. Paulo was the worst middle in the field, and Madison did his job. Yeah, I think he had about 9 or 10 carries, 20-something tackles, didn't miss any. Was he as impactful he was at club? No, but, like, first game, big occasion. you, you got to go again. You don't just play someone one game and go, no, we're done with you. Yeah, um, If it was me, and this is basing this off there being no stags, I'd push Crichton to centre. I'd be dropping sims altogether. I'd be more than inclined to pick Kalamatangi or Crichton.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: And then I'd still pick the other one for the bench. I would not bring in um, a Nico Hines because I'm looking at it going, well, again, do I really just want someone there to cover for fullbacks and halves? I'm looking, going, well, we've got Jack. Jack can cover halves or fullback. If we lose nine, they've already talked about it. Murray's their plan for that situation. Crichton can play center at a pinch if he needed to, and back row. Madison can play back row, middle. Murray stays on the bench, gives me leg speed, along with Paulo, and Paulo's passing license is revoked. And I'd be more than inclined to play Cook for 80, but I get the feeling if they do pick him, they're going to have a dual hooker situation like Queensland. Yeah, I, I like the 2 I'd like, be going for the two-hooker. So, if that's the case, and you drop Sims, you wouldn't be able to have Kalam, and Crichton. You'd be bringing one of them in to start in the back row. Yeah. And your bench would be the same. Madison, Murray, Paulo, and you'd have a second hooker. Yeah. So, I'd only, I'd only make two changes, probably. Yeah. If Stags is healthy, um, similar deal again. I think if you've gone there and Latrell's the not ready, you'll... You picked him, so you're probably going to have to go with him again. But out of the back five, in the time that he was on the field, he was the least impactful. I know they probably didn't shift to him, but I also didn't feel like he tried to find the football. Like Brian, Tupa had 20-plus carries. Jack certainly, you know, made a point about his selection. He scored a nice try. He whacked a few blokes. He took some real tough carries. Like Out of the back five, I thought all of them were great, bar stags. Yeah. Um, Pack, again, underwhelming. But, you know, Haas was probably the standout. Campbell Gillard's first stint was pretty good. Yo, considering he got rattled, I thought it was okay. Like, Murray was okay. But it just, it was overwhelming under all. Like, Paulo didn't really deliver. Madison was just okay. Like, our forward pack was just, yeah, it was a bit so-so. But I, I thought a big contributing factor, like you said again, you take those one-eight carries and you're not getting as much from your nine, whereas you saw what Harry was doing for their middles and the way they were playing, like man, they had so much time and space. They were getting out of the advantage line. They were getting one-on-ones. They were getting up-down. It was just the complete opposite. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they cycled better. They they saved sets so much better than we did. They kicked better than we did. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of things. And the scary part is, like, New South Wales can make changes and can definitely play better, but I think they're just going to get better as a whole. Yeah. This is sort of a New sort of style or some slight say changes. About
3: later on, but yeah, in the end, I think New South Wales win in Perth. I think it'll be a decider in Brisbane.
1: Yeah, I bloody hope so. A, a, a decider would be absolutely outstanding. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think you'll pick Cook and do the dual hooker situation? What, what do you think he will do?
3: I'd, I'd pick both. I don't know why he didn't have happy last
1: night. Yeah. Would you start with Cook?
3: I just just philosophically disagree with, you know, not having, like in a big game like that, not having someone who can impact the game in that position.
1: Would you start with... Like
3: you look look at the difference that Harry Grant made for... For the Queenslanders, I yeah.
1: Yeah, well, and again,
3: that, that doesn't make me that doesn't make me right. No, I, I just I look at it and I think if I'm coaching that team, I'm having. Like Carson, has to be in the team. He, I, I just feel as though he can give us leg speed, zip, deception. He's a part of that Pepper's Link. He throws a really nice pass. He's got connection. Then with your seven and six, your thirteen, and it just gets all that that sort of pendulum, middle pendulum working. And... Well, it's not that Cook did a bad job last night. I certainly didn't think it was his greatest origin, particularly offensively. No, I think it's just and that... I, just, I, I look at the Crichton selection
1: and go, well, what, 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 with no disrespect to him or Jack or whoever is in that position, I, yeah, I, I just don't see the value in that position. No, so I don't.
3: I, would yeah. I'd have two middles, and then I'd pick, you know, like a
1: Madison someone who can cover your back row, and um, middle. Hmm, that's your thing with you. I'd
3: certainly be holding Madison. The front right, like I think, Haas, Campbell, Killard, uh, Paul O'Law. Hold
2: their positions
3: so.
1: Yeah Murray will hold his position Yo will hold his position I, I think Sims is the only one Really that I look at Um Martin certainly was busy Defensively Offensively He wasn't great But he didn't see a lot of football I'd probably just start I'd probably
3: start Murray In the back row You know I think we're just A better team When he's on the field
1: Yeah Um And the thing so
3: that, that you know i I don't know whether i keep Lee Martin. I'm not too sure. I think he's a workhorse, but offensively, like he dropped that pass, which probably would have been a try early doors.
1: Yeah, a few mark errors. Not great. Yeah,
3: I'm just I don't, I don't think he, I'm not sure he's uh, you know with a slam dunk. To be reselected, but I I could certainly
1: copy him being selected again. I don't think you tossed him out that quickly. No, I think. I was just surprised at how quickly we just went away from Angus Crichton. But well, even again, I I just quite like Angus
3: Crichton as a player, particularly an Origin player.
1: They talked about guys that like to get stuck into halves. That's why I bring up those names. I did if like if you just want someone who's a grinder in defence and. Do that sort of job and run lead lines into a half and bash him. Martin can certainly do that. But if you want a huge body, he's probably not as good defensively. That, that
3: probably spoke to the way we played. and just played that way last time. Mm. It didn't
1: work. But offensively, like I said, doesn't offer a whole lot. Like, he really doesn't. <laughs> so, un- unless you think like an Ola Kawatu can't defend in that arena or a Kalama Tungi can't defend that arena, which I, I don't agree with. Like, I, I think we definitely have more impactful people that we could put in the back row. <laughs>
3: Yeah, Claude, me Be, Allard, yeah, all those guys.
1: And yeah, like you said, Crichton. People would say, "Ah, uh, you know, the year he's had so far hasn't been the greatest." Oh, I don't think he's been terrible. He's been moved around. have yeah, been up. <laughs> that's the thing. Like you look at both our back rowers, and then I bring up those other three names. Like who's playing better, or who's more impactful in a game in terms of the way you could use them. Like, I'd feel a lot more threatened. By Crichton, Kalama, Tungia, or Olaquatu, than what I would buy Sims and Martin. Sims is certainly past playing rep football. Martin I can cop, but again, starting in the back row and playing eighty minutes? No, I prefer the role they used him in last year, where they just brought him off the bench as a junkyard dog, like a Cotter style player. Um, but yeah, in terms of what they do there, I think the back row is definitely one where we're not getting a whole lot of punch or momentum. Yeah, but wrapping it up, um, Munster was next level. Cherry Evans kicked well. Harry, Carrigan, Collins, Ponga, Holmes. Like you could rap most of their players, but for us, I think it was Tedesco. Jack was great. Haas was pretty good. And yeah, thought a few of those OBs did a job, but Paulo will get a pass, but he needs to be better. Nathan, there's a lot of things that affected him, but he'll be better. Um, what happens with Stags? see I guess we'll wait and see what they do with Latrell or Crichton and how that all pans out um, yeah what wasn't a great night but it's, like I said it's just all those small things we we certainly were disorganized we just wanted to go one out we didn't move the point of attack we didn't pressure their kickers there's just yeah it was disappointing very disappointing but there you go Origin 1 review thanks to Bluebet dot com au and now our round 14 powerful preview brought to you by the penrith solar center don't be sidelined by rising power bills this season contact penrith solar today they are dedicated to getting you the highest quality energy solutions contact them on 1820 2930 or visit www.penrithsolar.com.au as i said the other day the charges per kilowatt hour are going through the roof so uh make sure you have a look at your bills, make sure you uh, look into systems, try and change providers, look into solar, all those things can certainly help you in the long run. But first game we've got here, and the odds thanks to bluebet.com.au. Who we got? We got the Cowboys versus the Dragons. So a one day turnaround. And looking at the lineups here, they've got Tommy Dearden obviously back into the halves. Uh, Tabuai Fedeau Talagi obviously released out of the 22 good to go again but it looks as though they have not named Cotter at all I know, surprised not named at all and Valentine Holmes is in an extended bench for the time being he's in 23 so possibly a couple backing up but still a very very good side Lukey in the back row again with Gilbert Tamalolo at lock Neem Lamilu to Noah Brown on the bench to sort of cover for those couple of middles they're missing on the dragon side of things. Ben Hunt is named at seven. Tarek Sim is named at back row. Hunt only played 30 or so minutes. I think he'll back up. Tarek, not so sure about um, playing 60 and being a bit older, but in cover, Jaden sewer is named in the reserve, so he must be close to return and Josh
2: McGuire.
1: So I'm sticking with the Cowboys.
3: Games
1: to pick out. Yeah, I, I just think, again, they've proved they've got enough in their squad. So, I'm, I'm going to back them there at home as well. Yeah, me too. I think it might be close, but still got Townsend and Dearden. Um, Scott Drinkwater at the back. Robson, so his spines intact. Lukey, Gilbert, Hess, McLean's playing for a contract. Everyone seems to be doing a pretty good job, so... Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll take the proven quantity, and... It's another one of these games, like we said, the last one against the Titans. If they win this one on the backup with only two guys playing, it's another huge two points, really. Yeah. Because they're much more heavily affected than what the Dragons are. But the odds with this one through bluebet.com.au, $1.24 are the North Queensland Cowboys. The Dragons up 405 minus 12.5 is the line. One to twelve the Cowboys, three fifteen, four eighty-five for the Dragons, thirteen plus a dollar ninety-five for the Cowboys. And twelve dollars for the Dragons, and also on this round for all games. If you back a team head to head with Bluebet and you lead by six or more at half time, they'll pay you out as winner up to a hundred dollars. Lead by six at half time and you win. Terms and conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. Your mob the Titans uh, up against South, and so this is a big game for South. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised That's it. That's if. My previous. Yeah, well, I I wouldn't be surprised more the point that you know if Murray plays even if it's off the bench and Cook plays because they have to win, they have to keep winning. Yeah. So they are the tackle, so they will win. They're in an awkward spot. Tino for you guys played pretty decent minutes and I thought he was good the other night. So whether he plays or not, I don't know. But um, other than that, Paul Turner. Yeah, c- done. Just resting for Origin. Mm, Jaden Campbell is out. Brimson goes back to one. Paul Turner gets his first crack on the halves. interesting to see how he plays. Um, And for the Bunnies They've stuck with Cody Nikarima At fullback Um, You know I I didn't think his last game was too bad Tom Burgess is back in the fold To Toller after his head knock And they've got Mamazoulos on the bench this week So they're probably going to play Cook But definitely share the load there Taft's been pushed off the bench Into the 18 jersey And they've also got Saliva Harvey who could play 9 if they decided They didn't want to go that way So they've got some options But I'm with you I'll be sticking with South Sydney, and they are the favourites with Bluebet.com.au. They're a dollar forty-two. Titans two eighty-five minus seven is the line. One to twelve Titans three eighty-three. O five South thirteen plus Titans eight ten two fifty for South Sydney. Moving on, Storm Roosters. It always frustrates me that this game always seems to be during Origin. It really does. <laughs> Stupid. Like, honestly, you got to plan these fixtures a bit better. But they've named Tedesco, they've named Tupo. they've named Collins. If Tedesco and Tupo back up, I'll be very surprised. Um, similar deal for top four, I think they need to keep winning, not so much for the eight. I think they'll still find a way, even though they're not comfortable. But when you've got Manu, you've got Naguamo, you've got Billy Smith, like Collins, I could see backing up. But if Tedesco and Tupo back up, that's a huge effort, in my opinion. Yeah, I would be
3: risking any player, really. I'd rest them all.
1: And for the storm Xavier Coates is definitely not going to be playing there's no way I'd play Munster Harry Grant he played half a game but he was in doubt yeah, coming... Just rest him yeah same deal He's like he was in doubt going into it so you roll Brandon Smith in you debut Will Warbrick finally on the wing the all black sevens player I think for Coates um, you know you got cheese there to cover for Harry the half situation they've got multiple options Liero would play for Felice who played 80 minutes so um, I, I think if it went the way I thought it would, I think the Roosters would probably have a better side on paper. But I don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to stick with the Storm. But again, like you said, th- this is one of the more awkward ones to pick. Depending on I'm who really plays. Melbourne. Oh. With Bluebet.com.au, two hundred and sixty are the Roosters. Melbourne a dollar fifty minus four and a half the line. 1 to 12 Roosters $4 1 to 12 Storm 2 70 13 plus Roosters 6 dollars $3 for the Storm Broncos Raiders this uh should be a good game and Stags again he's been named but I highly doubt he backs up they've stuck with Ezra Mam in the halves over Adam Reynolds there's some talk that Gamble has a lower leg issue but I honestly were stuck with Ezra Mam anyway I hope this is the way they move forward Uh Carrigan, If he does back up, it's going to be a huge effort. They've got him named. They've got Haas named. The word today is neither of those guys would play. And if I'm Brisbane, there's no way I'd play those guys. No way. You've yeah. got...
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, you've got Kennedy. You've got some options there. You've got Pierre Xavier Willison's back from injury. Ryan James, etc. roll a couple of guys in. Catewell's already been ruled out. Um, so for that reason, I look at... The Raiders. I think they'll play Jack, even though he had a huge game. And Pup Harley only played 20 minutes. So I think he'll play. So I'm, I'm going to go the Raiders.
2: Yeah, me too. I think they're good value.
1: Um, and this is another one of those games which is huge for them. They've gone on a bit of a run here. If they can jag this one, it certainly pulls them back into the fold. And right now they're the outsider with BlueBet.com.au. They're 260, a dollar 50. The Broncos minus four and a half the line. One to 12 Broncos, 285, 375 Canberra. 13-plus Broncos, $3.620 for the Raiders. Uh, Tigers up against Manly after the week that they've had. Um, looking at the side, doesn't really look like there's too many changes there, in all honesty. Uh, and for Manly, Cherry Evans has been named to back up. I think he will. He gets a couple-of-day turnaround. They obviously need to keep winning. Other than that, they're unaffected. Uh, and I'll be sticking with them
2: yeah me too and
1: I think they lost Lawton which is unfortunate he's had a tough run the last few years but Olakowatu again we'll be looking for a big game ALIA's been playing well Schuster Tapio come back into the fold Walker I think Paseca and a few guys returned last week to Cup so they're at least starting to get some options back
2: yeah I they
1: did have a few come back last week. And I'm going to bring it up only because we're here and I didn't really talk about it at the time, but a lot of people are saying that Jake should be brought back into the fold. I still don't understand where no. you'd play Jake and what he'd fix. Yeah. Like, he's not bringing leg speed or impact off the bench. Some people are talking about, oh, well, he's tackling. It's like, well, I think tackling wasn't the issue. <laughs> I, I just don't really see what value you would have with him picking him over any of the middles we have or those hybrid type guys or our back rows. I'd rather have a Frizzell if you're going to go for an older guy or, again, a Crichton, etc. There's plenty of guys I'd still pick in any sort of format rather than having Triple which come back into the team. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's where my head's at. But I heard that today and I was just like, I don't know what the fuck people are talking about. Like, where are you playing? I really don't get it. You're not replacing him with a prop and he's not playing over yellow Murray, so he's just not in your team. But um, Manly with Bluebet.com.au they're the favourite, a dollar forty-eight. Tigers two sixty-five minus six and a half is the line. Four dollars for the Tigers, one to twelve, two eighty for Manly. Thirteen plus Tigers six fifty, two eighty-five for Manly. And this one's at Campbelltown, so one of the few games they get out there for the year. Be interested to see what sort of roll-up they get uh, after what's happened this week. But Newcastle against the Panthers. This is again probably. One where you look at it and you go, well, Ponga, longer turnaround. Will they back him up? Will they not? Um, you know, Frizzell will be obviously looking to have a big game. If he's any sort of chance, Safiti's just been in camp, he'll be looking to have a bigger game. But for Penrith, they've named 24. I don't see how Isaiah, Brian, all the halves play. Liam Martin played basically a full game. And the, the only one who will probably play is Crichton, if it's me. Like they've all basically played full games, or they have played full games. I'm playing none of them. Yeah. Crichton's only played 20 minutes. I'd play him. I'd bring in Falls and O'Sullivan again. Most of your forward pack's intact. Play Eisenhuth and Smith again. Um, yeah, roll a couple more guys onto your bench. Spencer Lenu's been put pushed to reserves with the numbers they've got there. You just roll him or Hopgood back in. Uh, I honestly think even with those changes, it's a tougher challenge than the Bulldogs, but they will certainly give the I think Newcastle all they can handle. Yeah, I agree They're not desperate to win But um, I'll go to the Panthers Even without those players Not with a whole lot of confidence I think Milford And a couple of those guys Have showed Some good signs Last week And it's, it's going to be A harder game But yeah, I think it'll be A close game Yeah um, And right now With the bookies Newcastle are five ten. So if you think Penrith are potentially Going to pull A lot of those players out There's a bit of value there With the start right now With bluebet.com.au Penrith are $1. seventeen. You get 16.5 start. 1 to 12 nights, $6.360 for the Panthers. 13 plus Newcastle, $19.62 $1. for the Panthers. Warriors Sharks, another one where I'm interested to see how they respond this week. Stacey Jones basically came out and said that there's no guarantee that Sean Johnson will be playing moving forward. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, he's got a couple of guys come back into the reserves potentially to be selected. But we'll wait and see what happens there. They get Josh Curran back for his first game. After a long time out, he was obviously pivotal to their great start to the season. And for the Sharks, it's good times. Not only are they not origin affected, but Jesse Ramian is back. Tracy moves to 18th man. Wade Graham's back in their reserves list. Uh, But they're still a couple of weeks away from Dale Finucane. But that's no rush for them because Cameron McInnes is starting to come into some of his best form. Uh, We spoke about this, and I said it last week untouched, got a pretty good draw through this period. I think this is the time for the Sharks to surge, and uh, I, I think they'll win. <laughs> yeah, that's better while, though. Sharks I hope the Warriors have a good response, but I, you just don't know what to expect. You really don't. But with bluebet.com.au, $1.20 for the Sharks, 4 dollars for the Warriors, for the dollars 50 the line, to $6 for the Warriors, three thirty for the Sharks, 17 dollars for the Warriors, 13-plus, and seventy one for the Sharks. And the last game, Monday, public holiday, I love these games. It's the Doggies up against Parramatta. Um, and looking at this one, Parramatta, outstanding. You get to play the worst team in the competition with the longest turnaround, and all your players only played 35 minutes. So I assume all of them are going to play. Mm. Uh, yeah,
3: well, they'll definitely all play unless they've got minor issues.
1: Yeah, but they're in the best possible situation. And yeah, for the Bulldogs, some changes in their reserve reserves. The Dufty's back in there. Bally beyond the Odo. Lumi Lumi. guy's there. As to whether they make any changes, I don't know. But otherwise, they're the same team as last week. For the Parramatta Eels, Mike Acevo returns, which is a big in. Wanga Blake now goes back to the centers, pushes uh, with Pennicini. They've got their halves together. Like I said, all those guys should be backing up. Moran and Ian Corey's back. So they've pushed Papali back to lock. I still prefer him on an edge. And then their bench is now stacked Nathan Brown, Oregon Cafusi, Ryan Madison, and Makahisi McItale. So starting to get players back. Sean Russell obviously came back in reserve grade. Getting healthy at the right time.
3: Half oh, their NRL team played reserve grade against us last week.
1: So. Yeah, I know. That was fun for you.
3: Yeah. Cheers, Brad.
1: Mm. So. And for the Bulldogs, finally, Jake Abarillo's at one. That's where I've wanted to see him. Yeah. So yeah. I hope they stick with it, um, but we'll have to wait and see. But I still think, again, Eels, guys backing up, those halves, uh, that they should win and win well. Yeah, well, he'll, he'll, he'll stick with it as long as he's saying that, you know, he's working there, he's applying himself and he's developing and, Listening and learning. Like, I think
3: that's, that's the key. And if you look at actually the track record, like every coach has coached Jake Averillo, has immediately, almost immediately when they've got the job, put him into the team. So it says a lot about, you know, either what he looks like at training or, you know, what he's like as a person. And mm. you know, I've, I've never met him before. So,
2: but it, it certainly bodes well that every time someone new seems to come into the Bulldogs, that they gravitate towards picking him in a key position.
1: Mm. And I think the other thing is everyone's had their own opinion, but he can clearly play because they've liked him as yeah. a one, a half, a centre. And I've said it before a few years ago, he's coming into a tough situation, but he's one of the better junior footballers I've seen. And I think if he played at a top four club or at least a top eight team with a bit more help, you'd see much better of him. But yeah. This, for me, is his best position because six without a dominant seven or forward pack, he's going to get no quality ball. Center, you don't get enough, and there's more defense. But at one, if any, just moments to pick and choose where you want to pop up, where you want to run, you can ball play. Coming through at Westfields. he was dominant. He played more of a six sort of role, but essentially played like a fullback. I think this is his best spot. So I'm happy they've got him in. I Also, think from their perspective, it's smart business if they want to get rid of Allen, that if he's healthy now... And the years were right off. You are playing in the NRL because if you're trying to push a 500k contract somewhere, no one's going to take the full amount. But they need to see him play in first grade, and at least play in okay, to even try and think about moving that deal. Yeah. So, a smart move by them. But Parramatta get some players back in, back to looking close to their best 17, and they are heavy favorites with Bluebet.com.au. They're a dollar fifteen. The dogs are five fifty minus 15 and a half is a line. One to twelve. Para three sixty five. Uh, and for the Dogs, 6 25, 13 plus for Parrot, dollar $19 for the Bulldogs. So our tips are mirrors of one another. Every game, tip the same. And the only thing we didn't do before, and again, I guess because there's more speculation, Queensland changes. It's, I think it's pretty obvious that Xavier Coates, you'd think, would be missing. So they talked about Tolungi or Hamiso. I, I, I would have had... Tulungi any day of the week over Xavier Coates and he plays for Melbourne so there's no bias here yeah Tulungi yeah, that's
3: probably the way they'll go unless they go with the hammer because he did the
1: job in games three last year but yeah yeah, he's not good enough in yardage and like Coates the plate has been going on form and if that's the case it'll it's, be to Alungi. To Alungi. and he plays outside of homes that's the left side or picked he's yeah. got more yeah, offloads yeah. than any winger in the comp he's great in yardage he's a great finisher he's great under the high ball he, he does everything Um, The only other one is Nenai. If something happens there, he obviously came back on. I think they they had to have needled him because he looked like he was gone. Yeah, no, they said they needled him. So with that option there, they obviously had two middles. Connor covered well in the back row. Carrigan could have pushed out and defended there if they needed to. But if Nenai was gone, just hear me out, I guess, here. They had Flegler as an option, but I would go for his club teammate. I'd pick Helium Lukey. I think you can have the similar sort of thing. He can play in middle. He can play as an edge. I don't know if you could just go three middles straight out. Like Arrow was the the 18th man, but is he? Would you consider him an edge? Because I don't. I think The way I'll go. I, I think you're right, but if you want someone to play edge, like he's probably not the one I want there. Um, there are other options. are light on, like their back row options aren't great. Probably. The next best back row for them would be again another cowboy and Tom Gilbert or both For more, but I, I don't know if I'd be reaching for either of those guys just yet. Nah. Or your other option is you pick Flegler, much like an arrow who can play middle, probably cover an edge, but they're not ideally going to play an edge for you. Nah. So I think, I think they'll pick Arrow. Mm, I think you're right. I just thought the lukey ones would float out of interest. Mm. No, I'm not
3: saying you're wrong by floating it. I just think. That's the direction they'll okay.
1: go. Yep. But there you go. There's the tips and uh, their changes, which will be minimal. Hopefully, it's just Torlungi, but we'll see what happens with Nanai. Uh, but I think it's a no-brainer. And the odds with that one with bluebet.com.au, before the teams are picked, New South Wales are favourites for Perth, a Queensland seventy-seven. Queensland dollars two o five minus 1.5 is the line currently. Um, so it'll be interesting to see about those changes, if any. Uh, they talked about Pappenhausen again coming out this week. I just don't see the obsession with having him or a Hines or someone on the bench. Again, you're just trying to force somewhere into the game. Uh, look what they did, like you said. They got an impact out of both their nines. They both did specific jobs. They ticked both the boxes. Hunt's first stint obviously wasn't anything to ride home about, but second stint critical kick when they were pinned for 10 minutes to turn us around and the line break which turned us around, Harry Grant tore us apart um, yeah, I, I don't understand why we have to have either someone who's purely there for cover or someone yet like Pappenhouse who you're trying to force in to play in the middle for 20 minutes, I could just just don't do it nope. All right, I'll, I'll go as far and you probably tell me I'm nuts here, I, I don't know but I'd go as far to say that if you dropped Cook all together and just said, look, we're going with those four Penrith players, Coruscant's in, I would still pick on the bench Madison, Murray, Paulo, and Crichton for the same reason I said before. Because he can cover centre back row. I've got a back row middle in Madison. I've got a middle in Paulo, middle hooker, back row in Murray. And I'm just rolling my middles basically. And if anything goes wrong, Jack covers fullback. Crichton covers centre. Like I, I just think I can solve it with those guys. I'd rather yeah, just have the so best 17 players I can have. Yeah, I agree. That's what Queensland did. Yeah,
3: and have your athletic back as your right man.
1: That's it. And you pick Nico again for that or whatever if you want. Yeah. But just to have someone for the sake of it, I think again, you need to have enough versatility in your squad, which they proved with Katewell Kind of like their adjustments worked out fine. We didn't expose them, they didn't show any weaknesses. They, they play it on, they cover it up and they got the job done. Yeah. It didn't affect them at all. So, there you go. But well, that wraps us up. Origin 1 review tips brought to you by bluebet.com.au Make sure you bet with a true Blue Aussie bookie who supports us. Hopefully we can get a charity bet winner. Uh, didn't happen last night. We were going to go jack first trial scorer, which was my pick, but we couldn't get the Second bet on, we took New South Wales 1-12, to which, you know, obviously didn't come off. So hopefully we can find a winner this weekend. But download the app today. or visit the website, www.bluebet.com.au and Solar Again, I'm telling you, those prices are only going to get worse. If you've thought about it, now's the time to act. Visit the website today or call them on 1800 2029 30. And hijacking over the weekend, Brock. I don't know how we'll go again with our games being on two different days and work. Yeah, we're getting pumped at the moment. Yeah, it's a bit hard for weeks. Yeah,
3: uh, New South Wales Cup. Gig is of it certainly obviously from the fun in the workshop
1: it up. Yeah, well Friday's a no go. Yeah.
3: Um
1: What were well, you guys are playing Saturday, huh?
3: Saturday's yeah, Saturday's trip Yeah,
1: yeah so that basically writes off Saturday almost. Um Sunday and then Monday I might have to work, so I'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, see how we go. Well, hopefully we'll be able to do Origin 2, because obviously that's in Perth, we won't be going. <laughs> but hopefully we can get something like that going. <laughs> For rep round, but um, yeah, again, if you haven't joined already, you can follow us on that, hijack.tv, spelled H-Y-J-A-C-K. Hopefully we'll get some games in, but um, yeah, it's footy 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 and i get a lot of people writing on things you know when you're doing a hijack when are you do a hijack trust me we're not not doing them because we don't want to we literally uh, don't see much of each other on the weekend at the moment it's pretty busy like you said since things have split and you've gone up the cup
2: yeah
1: so we'll do our best over the next few weeks and try to get some games but for now thanks boxhead for staying up late after training and uh for everybody out there we'll be back next week and back to normal with uh Round 15 review show, and probably a little bit more fallout, I guess, from Origin and what happens over the next few days and through this round. And we'll see if the players get through, who backs up, and what happens. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league.
0: Bring it on! Give us more! Give us more! Where are you going? Where, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?